0: Hello and welcome to episode 52 of I Am The Knight, the Batman The Animated Series podcast. Looking at episode 56 of Batman The Animated Series, Harley and Ivy, written by Paul Dini and directed by Boyd Kirkland.
1: What did you think, Adam Pudden? Well, I think this is the actual, true and really needed introduction to what has become one of the greatest love affairs in comics. or without a shadow of a doubt. And even just with the cleverest of names... Harley and Ivy. I love them. Yeah, it's just a really clear, obvious image. Two of the biggest uh, female characters in Batman's Works Gallery coming together, as unlikely as they are. But they make a natural team with immediate chemistry. And we've seen that come to a really dramatic and heartwarming conclusion in modern day comics. But this is truly where it started, I would say, right? Oh, absolutely. This is where it started. Absolutely. 100% categorically. And it's wonderful
0: that it was Paul Dini that wrote this because largely since when it comes to these two wonderful characters it's been them that's been charting their course particularly when they're together and then other legendary writers artists have taken over with the recent Harley and Ivy miniseries at the end of last year and well. It's become, like you said, one of the greatest relationships in all the comics.
1: Yep, it's uh, culminated in their wedding, I think it's coming soon. Um, That should be happening in the third season of Harley Quinn. Very nice indeed. Wonderful stuff. And yeah, big things have small beginnings, and we see that small beginning in their life of crime. Harley is sort of jilted and pushed around far too much, and she becomes a solo act, but doesn't really become a solo act for very long
0: oh no um some things were made to go together bacon
1: and eggs batman and robin harley and ivy it's true it's true it's kind of strange that you had to use two batman analogies for the same point but that's a very you thing to do so we'll look past it Well, oh, what do you want me to say lamb and tuna fish you gotta go ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, referencing adam Sandler movies back before he was crazy crazy yes yeah absolutely but um I just love this episode
0: because it caught me by surprise a couple of times. Specifically, obviously, the th- this episode starts with Batman chasing Harley and Ivy in their getaway vehicle. Um,
1: are you sure? Doesn't it? No, it starts with him chasing Harley and the
0: Joker. Oh, God, yes, sorry. Chasing Harley and the Joker in the escape me. Because I've got Harley and Ivy on the brain. That, well, that's what these two they're, do they're to m- my adult mind.
1: Well, they're a much more wholesome and interesting couple, but oh, we no, don't see no. them together just yet. We see Harley and the Joker in the together. Nicole. But this is the beginning, as you quite rightly pointed out. Yes, Batman's chasing them,
0: and he doesn't catch them because Harley uses her brains. And, of course, Joker cannot handle anyone taking away his limelight.
1: It's true. Um, even though Harley's the one who's doing all of the thinking and all of the driving and all of the legwork, she's the one who's being sensible and has the knowledge of their weird smiling car because the car has a great big <laughs> grin for some reason. That, um, sure, the entire back can detach, Ooh. which makes me wonder, how is the car still going? But um, cartoon and comic book mechanics are easy to sort of justify and work around. Even so, they able to give Batman the slip even though Joker did precisely nothing in that fight, in that chase sequence. And it makes total sense for me that the Joker wouldn't really wear a seatbelt because why would he? Yes. And with Harley's excellent performance, Joker's still not very impressed and tells her to leave the gang because if she's a good enough crook on her own, why bother being around?
0: Oh, absolutely. It's just his ego is absolutely horrific. But... A couple of great lines when he's complaining about uh, the whole situation Um, one of my favourites is when he calls Batman the dork knight, That's,
1: that's particularly good Trust the Joker to be made of the immature jokes to rag against the one he love hates the most
0: Absolutely, because that's a lovely, lovely thing you just said because honestly I do believe that Batman is the one he loves the most, that's what his life revolves around and quite honestly Harley is smarter than him Case in point, the thing with the car, I do believe it's a six-wheeler. It's like the old joke. Have you ever seen the old joke where Joker puts his hands out to be cuffed, but they're fake hands, and then he just pulls out? It's the same thing with that car. Same thing with
1: that car. Okay, that makes sense. Um, Yeah, and I feel that uh, that would be an obvious gag, but I don't think that would be obvious enough for the Joker to sort of plan it through, because we've heard the Joker say... do I really look like the guy with the plan even though he really is the guy with several levels of planning but you just you can also believe that he doesn't really have that kind of leveled thinking for his planning that's why the joke is still so fascinating absolutely but when it comes to a character that's actually more intelligent and reasonably sound than him he can't handle that competition to his brittle brittle conscience
0: Absolutely. Uh, case in point with Joker's intelligence to the comics fans who listen to the words we say at the end of every episode. I've just read a couple of books called Their Dark Designs and Joker War Saga, where it proves that Joker is very, very smart and does have plans that will actually blow your mind. But hey, we digress. We're
1: talking about the Queen of Comedy and the Plant Lady. The Plant Lady. Red, as she was affectionately called yes. over and over, their meeting was unlikely and fortuitous. Oh, incredibly! In that great museum, she, uh, Harley's there for the the Harlequin Diamond, very on the nose. But then again, for your first solo heist, you want something that's sort of on the nose. So you're in a city full of bird men and cat ladies. You yep. want to try and play to your shtick, but at the same time, Boz Ivy's there is taking some rare plant extracts and plant toxins. So we see them sort of cross paths at the same point. They're both in the building under a lockdown with the police at the gates. They think that getting out together is the most effective thing, and they help each other escape. And when people help each other escape, that usually leads to a strong bond. And we see that here.
0: Absolutely. It's a strong bond from day one. And I honestly do think, even as early as this episode, this is only, what, Harley's third, fourth appearance and already she's starting to see that joker is no good for her but this relationship with Ivy is beautiful it's precious and it's the beginnings of Harley becoming her own woman and well
1: Harley just needed to meet her poison oaky didn't she her uh, poison oaky yes <laughs> yeah you're that plant lady but then again to, to some extent she is the plant lady and uh, i quite use this quote was a point of personal pride from prometheus a very strange ridley scott movie Mm -hmm. big things have small beginnings oh well said very well said and never has it been truer
0: both breaking into the same museum on the same night. one actually and this shows the difference um to joker's perception of harley and harley's actual ability that she planned that crime to a t and would have got out of there, I think, scot-free, had it not been for for Ivy.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. She was able to uh, parasail in, come down that rope without tripping any other alarms. She dodged through them with, like, master acrobatic skill, which we all know that she has. Absolutely. Had the cutter to get through the glass without any sort of tampering. Yeah, I I fully believe that she would have got out of there without anybody ever noticing. I fully believe that.
0: And these
1: are themes that... 30 years later,
0: Harley Quinn's own show has managed to build on to show that she actually is an incredibly competent criminal, and on the flip side, as she's become an anti-hero, an actually fairly credible hero.
1: I find that now that she's somewhat anti-heroic, I think that a lot of law enforcement agencies and like uh, government and corporate agencies really do rely on ex-convicts as their contacts, people who know the wrong side of the tracks to be able to give the real insight and advice. So her expertise from being alongside one of the greatest criminals of the 21st century would give her the knowledge to be a really powerful and succinct and effective crime fighter. So yeah she has skills that goes way beyond anything that the joker could ever really imagine absolutely well hence task force
0: x aka the suicide squad and hence paul dinney who wrote this episode writing stuff for her where um she does help batman on several occasions she gets pardoned and she starts on the path of path of righteousness
1: yep she does so and does so quite effectively There's- more to what we would assume is just like the the joker's girlfriend character because she could have very easily have been that but we don't need two jokers in the world Nobody. we the the joker's power is that he is a great and inscrutable force of chaos so someone gets close to that it's good to see something that completely contrasts it and something that it still has that similar sort of bearing but eventually just grows more and more out of it and into their own person which is exactly what harley quinn has done naturally and has honestly kept her being one of my favorite characters in comics.
0: oh i couldn't agree more she is much more than the joker's crazy girlfriend and honestly it still causes me no end of pain when people still see her as just that or see that toxic horrific relationship as something to be strived for and good because she always sticks with the man and they always get back together that just really does my hating
1: it's not correct or even a good idea to glorify an abusive relationship hell no because fundamentally speaking you can spin it however you like but it is an abusive relationship and that's not something to ever look at with happiness it's just not no absolutely absolutely but things to, that we do
0: look at with happiness, particularly in this episode, is jokes and visual puns. For example, Poison Ivy's car having the number plate Rose Rosebud. Rosebud, and obviously um, Harley and Ivy's fridge magnet with Bing. the band the band the bat symbol.
1: Well, I feel like <laughs> that may have been something oh. either they made themselves. Like They made little fridge magnets for them for themselves That's just like, we don't like the Bat. Or there's some sort of weird NRA-style contingency in Gotham that really wants to take Batman down, which I find personally more interesting. People who sort of sympathize with the masked vigilantes create masked criminals sort of logic to it. Or at least that's how I'm choosing to read it, which I think it could be an interesting story in and of its own DC if you have uh openings in the intern pool, I will work for love and f- love and a bed. <laughs> I will do it. Well it's really,
0: really weird because again that whole hive mind things come into play because I was thinking along the same lines, who made that badge? And to me it's like an underground society of people who want to ban the bat, people who have that mentality of why should we have vigilantes, Gotham for Gothamites and you know there's so many stories that can be brought out
1: of that. I think they're really because it so just depends many. on what kind of individuals are in a group like that. Is it just the supervillains, or is it actual legislators? Yeah. White collar people, blue collar people. Because think about all of the. Because we saw this in the way the episode opened. We saw the uh, the car, Durka's car screeching round a bend, the Batmobile following behind, and this huge pile up of like two, three cars oh, yeah. careening off the road, crashing into walls, denting and bending lampposts. Like, workmen and city planners have to come down first thing yep. in the morning to try and assess that damage and fix that. Those people would really don't, like, hate the supervillains, sure, but Batman still contributes to that kind of damage. Oh, absolutely. And what, what about old ladies walking their poodles? Yeah, old ladies walking their poodles. Yeah, that will lead to a lot of people not really liking the Batman. So there is scope for a legitimate non-supervillain anti-Bat contingency.
0: Yep. Yeah, well and,
1: and if that shows up in Detective Comics or Batman in about six months after the release of this podcast, you know who who actually put that into the writing team's minds. You're welcome.
0: Oh sadly though, it's kinda of happening now. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, never yeah. mind. Still, we did think about it in a completely different and brand new way with ordinary citizens rather than the mayor and people of power. So DC, checks payable to Adam and Steve Ray, courtesy of DC Comics News and the I Am the Night Podcast. On a different matter. This is another thing that really, really made me smile about this episode. I was so engrossed (laughs) in the story of Harley and Ivy that I forgot Batman completely until he showed up. And that,
1: to me, is a testament to brilliant writing, acting, and direction. We got a really satisfying vision of the two ladies meeting, them settling down into their 1950s Americana suburban house together. And them going on their crime spree montage mm. that we felt like it was honestly an episode of uh, the Harley Quinn TV series almost yeah. a very light diet light-hearted darker color scheme diversion of that so mm. we just saw sort of got wrapped up in that and we realized oh wait no this is still a Batman show so we saw okay wow Batman's here he's got to deal with them does he have to that they're, they're, they're fun yeah absolutely you do not find yourself rooting for Harley and Ivy I've I've found oh, like that was a bad pun. Nah, it's fine. <laughs> Didn't even plan that one. <laughs> oh, you, you're known for your bad jokes, and you just need to like prune things. You just need to you need to weed those Cut problems back. Uh-huh. But honestly, um, I was expecting Batman to show up sooner or later because it's still his name on the on the TV show. But I was still really pleasantly surprised at how well they were able to tell the ladies' stories together, and we could really let ourselves fall in with them and it was a really lovely thing to see just to be able to show how strong the ensemble cast is and how strong the supporting characters are that we don't need the main character in his own show to tell a good story
0: i can't lie i completely forgot about batman i'm I'm not even gonna sugarcoat it or pretend i completely forgot about the man whose name is above the door but like you said i honestly feel that this single episode could almost serve as a pilot to the Harley Quinn animated series. It's just slightly less sweary and less blood and guts, but in terms of the dynamic and the relationship between Harley and Ivy, this could lead directly into episode one of of the Harley Quinn show.
1: There's a couple of uh, things about the dynamics that necessarily are here, but aren't in the Harley Quinn TV show as far as I've seen it. Probably will have shown up eventually, but they're not there as far as I've seen it, that I will address in a minute. But still... This is definitely as strong an introduction of the two characters as I would have expected. And yeah, for that reason, it could definitely fit into the Harley Quinn TV series.
0: Yeah, it's like the ground floor for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. But of course, the Dark Knight, or the Dork Knight as Joker may have called him, does return. And it's a thing to see. It's brilliant. It's again, vintage Batman and Alfred moments in the Batcave, with Batman going through the recent crimes to be successful crime spree by the two ladies and looking at all the press cuttings and evidence and TV snippets and everything else on the back computer and of course our legendary friend our fellow Brit
1: walks in and says ah, choosing a weekend date I feel like that is in the same sort of emotional vein as uh, Michael Caine in Dark Knight Rises saying at this point I'll be happy to set you up with a chimpanzee if he'll get you out in the free world because he's a reclusive Broody Weirdo in a in cosplay <laughs> trying to solve the problems of his city. Ultimately he does need a lady to try and like draw him back out into the real world. And yeah, if it is two super criminals also in cosplay, then yeah. Cool.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, Batman saves the day because like I said, hey, it's his name on the door, but I I do and have already in the space of a 20-minute Saturday morning kids' show, fallen in love with that new duo of Harley and Ivy immediately.
1: Their vision here was so strong that we can't not fall in love with them. They get themselves down to crime business immediately without any trouble or hesitation. They do a very successful crime spree under the noses of the Joker and the Batman. Um joker's life sort of falls apart without the obvious feminine touch in his life which is something that is kind of sad that he needed uh trying to show that times have changed since then even when the show was made that uh yes women being independent like driving career forces as maybe not as strong as it was in the 90s but it's a thing that we can just take as standard for now mostly hopefully and that uh, that image is sort of taken through quite a bit as uh Poison Ivy specifically really owns her in, uh, independence oh, and yeah. totally. um, female-driven sort of mentality emotives. Uh No interests in what a man could tell her to do. And I think it's kind of sad that that mentality is still needed, but it is still needed sometimes. Uh,
0: I could not agree more. But we, we have to say that Harley is adorable truly we both want to hug her and shake her and say wake up girl at the same time but then ivy is our voice doing that in this episode
1: i feel like that was also the dynamic in the um first season of harley, yeah, in, the, harley in the anime series just trying to help her actually get over him because um Sure, this is it's a difference between like the Saturday morning cartoons and the yes. cartoon hangover adjacent sort of <laughs> adult humour of a very like sexist joke saying women aren't funny and shooting a goon in the face. We can look past that and also I'll forgive Alan Tudig's performance on anything. Um always. But still the the ethos is the same and yeah. the get past the Joker he is bad for you. Mm -hmm. ethos is the same and it kind of shows how universally bad their relationship is if the same message can be conveyed on two very different tones of TV show
0: absolutely couldn't have put it better myself well said so yes this is the beginning of Harley and Ivy a pairing that's better and cake and ice cream there you go a non-batman reference
1: i knew you were, i knew you could do it i believed in you didn't want to but, but oh, i had no. to just to prove i could oh yeah but i believed that you could either way and um you know we believed thank you thank you well
0: i, I, I don't know about you but i love that one but we have to as always ask the question was there anything you didn't like what were your main takeaways favorite or least favorite parts of harley and
1: ivy i honestly didn't really see much to be negative about um mm. I had wonderful questions about the world building and the landscape of Gotham where an entire oh, yeah. suburb could be abandoned into a toxic waste dump full of noxious ca- gases that leave people poisoned if they stay too long and is also somehow incredibly famable. What kind of place is Gotham? Why is it still here? Well, at
0: the end of the day, remember, this is still like the nineties where sadly stuff like that was still happening. And we, we know from the immortal Alan Moore story, the nuke face papers, the toxic dumping does occur a lot closer to populated areas than we would care to think. And there's the very famous part of Gotham where it's still marshlands, which is, we know, where what a lot of Manhattan was built upon, just like London was, um, where Slaughter Swamp still resides, and that's the birthplace of Solomon Grundy. So who's to say that that place, once it got bombed and lit alight, didn't give birth to a uh, certain nursery rhymes saying uh seven foot tall white-skinned moth."
1: that'd be an interesting thing to see and it'd be good to try and get that character into the show soon i'm, s- I'm almost certain we-, we see him eventually right um i don't know if we see him in this series we definitely see him in the justice league one which is the same universe but hey let's find
0: out i mean i can't wait we're approaching the end of season one very quickly but who knows who else we could meet in the future but i'm so looking forward to it because i'm loving
1: everything another thing i really wanted to say about this episode and this is the thing i was alluding to when we were talking about harley and ivy's dynamic we see them settling down in their home and ivy giving harley her her vaccine her jab against whatever weird toxins are abound in this wasteland that's okay we then get the montage and batman doing his detective work what have you but then we see harley and ivy settled and it's really quite nice to see them both out of their superhero, supervillain, absolutely cosplay, lack of a better term. But I find it really interesting that they're both in baggy men's shirts. I know that that's one of your favorite things. Yes, it is. It really, it really is, is one of your favorite things. But also, I feel like that's a sort of thing that you just sort of put on fairly like low effort and lazily after you've been <clears throat> cavorting. So well, there you go. I feel like that. That's That may have been something the two of them have been getting up to since they've known each other, which is just another thing that really adds to their later romantic pot pairings.
0: Well, do you know what? We were talking about your takeaways from the episode. That was going to be mine. So again, the hive mind is buzzing away frantically. Absolutely. I sense the beginning of their relationship in every form started in this episode and I don't know if they were testing the waters. I know it was more of a family-friendly show, but I felt that too. Mm. And quite honestly, bravo.
1: Yeah, that is an incredibly ambitious thing for the creators to do in the 90s. Yeah. Um, It's subtle enough that it'll go over every kid's head and most fairly slow adult viewers minds but to those who know the characters yes and to those who can put Absolutely. context together they'll see that and think oh okay and depending on how socially aware you are that'll either be a huge question mark or a "Hey, nice yep. and we've seen that that sort of very subtle framing of how they've presented themselves has led on to them being honestly a uh, romantic couple i've really respected cross-fiction
0: one of my favorites Absolutely one of my favourites. Up there with Bruce and Selena. honestly, I love that couple.
1: That's uh, good to see that it's been there since their very beginning, whether intentional or not.
0: Absolutely. And talk about forward thinking. I have to talk about, obviously, the performances in this episode, but I have to also talk about the last line from Ivy before they get arrested. ha <laughs> ha. No man can take us prisoner, but of course not.
1: Cool. Who does? The the best lady cop in the whole G C P D, Renee Mortoya. Absolutely. That had the exact same energy as the I am no man line that Erwin uh-huh. gives slaying the slaying the Witch King. I'm just like, okay, yeah. It's a great strong fe- feminist message. And honestly, I think if she was still on that female led world sort of thinking, mm-hmm. Ivy would have been okay with it. Yep. And sure enough they went off to Arkham to go tend the allotment. And yes. it's fun
0: yep, 10 The Allotment, which is right up Poison Ivy's alley. But also, I honestly do. If that had been Bullock or any of the normal GCPD, they would have put up more of a fight. But they thought, no, fair cop.
1: Yep, by fair, taken
0: down by a fair cop. Absolutely. The best in the business. And, obviously, huge kudos to Ingrid Oliu, again, reprising the role of Montoya. Diane Pershing, oh, man. Her Poison Ivy in this episode is... Everything that I believe led to the poison Ivy we see in the Harley Quinn TV show, and Arlene Sorkin finally starring in her own episode—not just having a couple of lines, but honestly, breathing life, heart, soul, character, adorability, and oh my God, Harley, wake upness—in one of the best performances I think of the show so far.
1: It's very hard to be able to give something so layered and so emotional. Wow. with a tonal, yeah pitch that that way just like that bubblegum squeakiness it's very hard to sort of convey like sincere emotions but a true master of the craft has been able to pull it off and pull it off well here so honestly amazing work all around
0: i have to say i liked harley from the first appearance but i do think especially upon second viewing now that this is the episode when i fell in love with the character
1: amazing lots of big firsts in this episode it seems
0: well Um, I think that's where we should wrap up another great episode of Batman the Animated Series, Harley and Ivy. And obviously until we come back to our next show, we need to let our listeners know where they
1: can find us. Adam, where can they find you? For many things involving written word or digital visual medias. You can find me writing about Batman flavoured things on Dark Knight News, reviewing many titles a month. Suicide Squad is starting to really heat up oh, and I'm very yes. excited for it indeed. Uh, for my true loves gaming of PC and tabletop varieties, you can find me writing on ourbabyfantasticuniverses.com and you can find me curating many Dungeons & Dragons things on the Apotheosis Studios blog. Follow me on Twitter at Tinker, and for your viewing pleasure, find me dungeon mastering some Dungeons & Dragons games or for my friends No Ordinary Heroes on YouTube and find me And some friends playing PC games of all kinds on the hostile atmosphere on YouTube.
0: Brilliant. As for me, you can hear me on this show every week with my partner in crime, Mr. Adam Ray. You can also hear my voice on the main DC Comics News podcast where you'll also catch the Harley Quinn cast Mad Love with my colleagues from the DC Comics News podcast, The Spinner Rack with our man Seth. And if you want to head over to YouTube, DC After Dark with Kelly Gaines and her partner Tony where they talk, in, talk about DC and lots of other stuff but in a much more adult context and flavour which is great viewing do check that out you can catch that on YouTube, you can catch this show across Spotify, Twitter, Apple Podcasts and Google Play you can catch Dark Knight News and DC Comics News all across the internet and on Tumblr uh, YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. As for me, chat to me at elstevoel underscore s-t-e-e-v-o or tap Steve J Ray or Fantastic Universes into your search engine of choice to read my news, reviews and interviews across three wonderful websites
1: so that's it for me but um what do you think son i think everyone needs to to have a good time look around to all of the fine people there and read more comics and watch more batman thank you for listening bye now